Welcome to the 7220 Wadcast, where the content will always be constantly varied and at times highly intense, with as many guests as possible. Hello everyone, this is Nicole Bleak, and I'm excited today to chat with former CrossFit 7220 member Cooper Wise, who recently competed at the CrossFit Games in Madison, Wisconsin. Cooper is the first CrossFit 7220 athlete to make it all the way in the CrossFit Games. For those of you not familiar, the game starts with the CrossFit Open, which is an online competition that everyone in the world can participate in. The top finishers from the Open and other smaller competitions then advance to the next level, which in the past has been regionals, but the format has recently changed to quarter and semifinals. 7220 has had two former athletes make it to regionals, Jeff Nelson in 2014, and Cooper actually went to regionals as an individual in 2017. Many may not realize just how difficult it is to make it to those final stages of the games and the level of training, athleticism, and discipline it requires to be among the top 0.1% of all those CrossFitters around the world who participate in the Open and then make it to the Games. So Cooper, first of all, congratulations. We loved watching you and your team compete, and we are so excited to hear details about your experience. So thanks for joining me today. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. So before we talk about the Games, Let's go back to how you got started in CrossFit. You were in Laramie attending the University of Wyoming and playing football for the Cowboys? Yeah, I did um, for just like two seasons. Um, I like redshirted and then kind of had an injury year um, and then ended up leaving the team after that. It just didn't, it just didn't appeal to me anymore. Um, and I kind of realized I just enjoyed you know, actually working out for football more than I enjoyed actually playing football um, by the end of it. So um, I remember I left the team and uh, my friend Quinn, who also started at the same time as I did, um, was kind of winding down his track career at UW as well. And we kind of got peer pressured into coming to like a student group workout by his brother Caleb and um, Krista Minari. and I can't remember exactly what we did, but we came in. It was like rowing and kettlebell swings and some other stuff. And we just got absolutely trashed, but we loved it. And we were like, all right, this is what we're doing now. I still remember Krista telling us about these really nice and really fit college guys she wanted to bring to try CrossFit. Was that 2014? Yeah, I think it was 2014, kind of right after the um, fall season of football had just ended. So even though you were done with football, you stayed in Laramie to keep going to school to finish up your nursing degree. Yep. In 2015, you were on the first CrossFit 7220 team to ever win the Wyoming CrossFit Affiliate Cup. Yeah. This was probably either your first or one of your first competitions, and you were part of that team for a few years after that, helping us defend the title of Wyoming's Fittest Gym. Yeah, heck yeah, we were good. We won a couple of years ago. Yeah. And towards the end of your schooling, you moved to Colorado? Well, I was doing my last semester of school, which was actually just a um, like an externship where I just basically worked um, in a hospital for the last four months and was just like doing that and training and then graduated and had, you know, 
the next month off or so that I just kind of trained in preparation for regionals that year. So it kind of timed out well. So was CrossFit Omnia the gym you went to when you first moved to Colorado? No, we, um, my wife and I, we moved to like Fort Collins, Loveland area. So I was going to CrossFit 970 there. Um, and that's where I was going when I went to regionals that year. Um, and then after that, we moved a little bit more south towards Boulder. And I went to MBS CrossFit for a year or so. Um, and then after that, we moved into Denver. So once we moved to Denver, I started going to Omnia and have been going there for just over two years now. And then after regionals, you were injured for a while, right? Was it your elbow? Yeah, I actually tore my UCL and my right arm um, at regionals doing the dumbbell overhead squats um, on the second day, finished out the competition and then was forced to take like almost like four or five months off because it was just a long healing process and I didn't want to get surgery or anything like that. Um, so I had that injury and then later on, like in the fall, September, October, so I was finally healthy again and I was snatching and I actually tore the UCL on my other arm. Um, so that, that season ended up kind of being a wash. I ended up having to sit out that whole 2018 season because of those two injuries and then as we know after that is when the whole um, qualification process changed so yeah that was the year they were making all those changes mm -hmm. so probably not a bad year if you had to be out for an injury yeah so before the open this year were you already on a team with these other athletes at CrossFit Omnia did you guys know you were going to try to compete as a team yeah we we had talked about it before the competition season, like, you know, cause there's a, there's a good group of athletes there who are all competitive. And so, um, we had all sat down talked about it and pretty much everyone expressed that they were going to try to go to a semifinal individually. Um, but we all kind of said, Hey, depending on what happens, if I don't make it or if we don't make it or however it works out, then, you know, we all kind of said we'd be willing to, um, try it as a team and just see what happens. Uh, so we ended up, um, one of our girls made it individually. Um, and then a second of our girls actually, she was like right on the cusp and she eventually did get an individual invite. Um, I think she was like the one of the last ones to get an invite, but at that point we had already decided, uh, since the rest of us didn't make it individually to go ahead and put together a team um, and so this was after the individual quarterfinal um, so she turned down her individual invite uh, to come be on the team with us so we kind of did it really last minute um, but it was always kind of in the back of our head that it was a possibility so before the games were you able to get together and do a lot of training with your teammates or did you have to do a lot of it individually yeah we there's a lot of us that kind of um we work out together um, just on a normal basis anyways, you know, not usually team workouts per se, but just, you know, at the same time doing the same stuff. So we're all familiar with each other and our strengths and weaknesses. Um, but yeah, that the week after the individual quarterfinals, there was that week buffer and then the team quarterfinals is when we really started training together. So I don't remember exactly when that was, but 
I mean, this whole process from that point until now has only been, you know, a handful of months, um, three and a half, four months at most. So. And like a lot of other games athletes, you also work probably full time. How many hours a day were you able to get in? How did you coordinate your workouts around your work schedule? Was that a challenge as it got closer to the games? Um, it, my schedule's pretty wacky because I work three twelves and I actually work night shift as well um, as a nurse. So it really depends on my my days when I'm on like a stretch off from work. I'll go twice a day and kind of um, usually spend two and a half to three hours in the gym in total doing some extra stuff, extra strength, um, conditioning stuff in the mornings, and then um, usually doing like a class at night with um, a lot of the other competitive athletes as well. And then when I'm working on shift, I'll usually go for only about an hour to an hour and a half in between shifts and just kind of get some movement in and try to keep some of my fitness and not kill myself too much between shifts. Wow. So you had an added challenge of trying to work those workouts in around a night shift and then trying to get enough sleep to recover from your workouts. Yeah, it was definitely a challenge. Did your team have a coach to help you with training before the games? Yeah, our uh, our coach is actually our Omnia's owner, John Colborn. He, um, he does... Uh, programming he has a programming business that he also has on the side with another guy and so he actually programs for a lot of our competitive athletes in the gym um so it was kind of an easy transition just for him to step in and start programming uh basically all of our workouts that we did as a team and also all of our individual um extra work and accessory and strength that we were doing as well so he kind of just took complete control of that and you know, we were happy just to let him have it because he has a lot of experience. He's been around the CrossFit scene for a really long time. So he has a pretty good idea of uh, what we need to be focusing on at different points in the season. Obviously, as it got closer to the games, it was probably really important to get team workouts in. Were you able to coordinate those with everyone's schedules? We, um, you know, like this, the hard part is getting everyone's schedules to line up. Um, in order to train together, but we were pretty fortunate um, with my schedule being three three twelve hour shifts a week. Um, uh, the other guy on the team works four tens, um, and the other two just have they, the girls have pretty fairly flexible schedules as well. So we would get together um, at least three times a week, all four of us, and we would do uh, pretty long training sessions with two or three workouts. Um, and then outside of that, we would just try to get together with at least two or three of us whenever we could um, to do some of our extra stuff together as well. So we definitely were able to find a lot of time to uh, work out together, and um, that definitely benefited us. So now that you've competed both as an individual and on a team at a higher level of the games, what are the main differences and which one do you prefer? Obviously, there's a lot of differences. I would say I more so enjoy doing it as a team um obviously i enjoy getting to the highest level of the crossfit games and i think i have a better chance at doing that than i would individually so i enjoy that i enjoy like training with a group of people and kind of going through that whole process together um so i think it's more fun it's also a little more stressful because you you know you have to coordinate 
all of your schedules. You have to, in a workout, you have to coordinate all four of you and like have a game plan. So there's a little more in-depth thinking into that. Whereas if one of you're just by yourself, it's kind of more so all on you. Um, but I definitely enjoy doing it as a team more than I enjoy doing it by myself at this point. Um, so. Yeah, for sure, pros and cons. I think it's fun to be on a team, but there's also a lot of added pressure. If you mess up, you feel like you let down your teammates. And if you're competing as an individual, I guess if you mess up, you just let yourself down. Exactly, yeah. You can kind of just, by yourself, you can be like, you know, I'm kind of done with this. It's I'll just take whatever place in this workout. But when you're on the team, yeah, you don't want to be letting others down as well. So. so what's your nutrition like when you're training? Are you pretty strict about your eating? Are you counting macros? Are you tracking everything you eat? Uh, it's probably, I mean, it's definitely my weaker point in my whole CrossFit total package. Um, I have been like on and off counting macros for a while, mostly off, to be honest. Um, but when I was in like these last couple months of really hard training, I mean, we were going, you know, three, four hours a day. I was definitely just feeling be up and wore out and I kind of realized I was nowhere eating as much as I needed to. Um, so thankfully I have some good friends who are nutritionists and they kind of talked me through some of the stuff and gave me numbers to hit on my macros and ideas for meals and foods to be eating. So um, when we were in like the thick of our training, I was, you know, pushing towards like 35 to 3,800 calories a day and up to like 600 grams of carbs and 200 grams of protein. And Basically, it just came down to eating as much as I could as often as possible. So It can be tough trying to fit in all those calories. No, it's a lot of work. Do you take supplements to bridge any gaps you might have in your intake? Um, not too much. I do like the normal like pre-workout, whey protein, post-workout, um, creatine. I'll kind of go on and off with creatine. And then when I was upping my... Um, calorie and carb intake I would be taking like a carbolin just you know 50 60 grams of extra carbs in my um, protein shakes uh, post-workout and other than that no I don't really take take anything else so what was nutrition like at the games themselves did they have food there for you did you have to bring your own food did you eat between events? Was it difficult to adequately fuel yourself for that next event? Yeah, we had to bring our own food. Um, and like, you know, like when you're in competition between events, kind of the last thing you want to do is eat, especially when you're like, well, I have, you know, an hour, an hour and a half until we're back on the field. I don't want to, you know, fill up my stomach. <clears throat> um, so a lot of that was just drinking your carbs and calories and sugars. Um, so lots of Gatorade, um, some like post-workout stuff, some like the easier go squeeze. So probably a lot of quick digesting, simple carbohydrates. Exactly. Yeah. Simple carbs and simple sugars. We would just be drinking Gatorade and like eating gummy bears pretty much between events. Were you chugging monster energy drinks between events since that was one of the game sponsors? Yeah. And actually it's funny cause those were they had the gray cans that all the athletes were drinking was actually just water. Yeah, I'm sure it probably looked really weird to everyone. We'd like cross the finish line and crack open a monster and chug it and like dump it on our head. <laughs> but it was thankfully just water. 
Yeah, I'm sure you heard there's been quite the controversy over them being a sponsor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is pretty ironic, just especially with the whole sugar and Coca-Cola stuff. <laughs> and speaking of sponsors, holy cow, you guys got spoiled by Noble with a ton of gear. Oh, man, yeah, it was even more than we could have imagined. Um, just like going and getting this full treatment you go through. They have this really cool locker room with your names over these lockers and all this stuff set up for you. And they're just bringing you bags and bags of shoes and clothes. And it was pretty insane. So for those that didn't see the video you posted, I think on your Instagram story, can you give everyone an idea of some of the stuff you got, how much they gave you of everything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they really, they set you up for, to have, anything and everything you could possibly need to wear throughout the week. Um, so there was, I mean, in total, like seven pairs of shoes. There was two pairs of just like the regular mesh trainers, two pairs of runners, a pair of their new like trail running training shoe, um, lifters, uh, some slides. Uh, I think that might've been it for shoes. And then um, just, you know, they had, I think, five different colors of shirts. So you'd get a tank and a shirt in each of those colors. Um, long sleeve shirts, a couple of those, zip-up jackets, hoodies, crew necks, um, like, you know, a few pairs of sweats, uh, seven, eight pairs of the shorts all in those same colors and different lengths and styles. Um, I mean, the swimming jammers and swimsuits for the girls, um, uh, underwear, shorts, spandex, all the different socks, um, hats, sunglasses. Uh, we got like a, one of those really the nice uh, backpacks, a couple of the duffel bags. Um, yeah, I don't, it was, it was insane. I mean, I think I heard a number that said each athlete got around like $4,000 worth of, of gear, which is just craziness. Yeah, you shouldn't have to buy workout gear for quite a few years. No, definitely not. I, I'm, I'm set for a while. I'm not to get rid of a lot of clothes that are already in my dresser. So clearly you were well taken care of as far as clothing goes. What about other expenses? Did you guys have to pay for your own travel and accommodations? Was all that expensive? Yeah, everything else we have to pay for. And, you know, that includes pretty expensive entry fees, um, flights to Madison, aren't cheap by any means um housing was insane renting a car like as we know at this at this time is really hard to do um so i mean overall there was a lot of expenses that went into it uh thankfully we have really great people around us um really great uh companies that sponsored us and people who bought shirts and donated money and everything like that we were able to raise enough money to cover everything essentially um, for the most part, so we're definitely very grateful for that because it's a big added stressor to have, you know, $10,000, $12,000 that you have to come up with somehow in order to cover everything. That's great that you had so many people helping you out in order to get there. What about drug testing? Were you drug tested before you went or did you have to do a drug test at the games themselves? We got drug tested at Granite Games. Um, it seems like they really just take the top five. 
teams and drug test them because that's who you know gets money and gets on the podium and stuff. So we were we were drug tested at Granite Games, but we were not drug tested at the CrossFit Games. Uh, we did. I mean, they did say that they'd also be testing teams and individuals randomly, kind of at their own um, will, but we weren't chosen for that. Did you have to get COVID tested every day of the games? We actually didn't. They um, so you either had to show up and get COVID tested on site or you had to just provide proof of vaccination and you were good to go for the whole week unless you showed symptoms. Um, so the ones who were COVID tested every day were the ones who, you know, showed up and, you know, their training partner tested positive and they were on the same flight in the same, in the same hotel and as those people. So they were in their like, you know, whatever type COVID protocol and they had to be tested every day, but everyone else actually didn't after the first day. Was your interaction with other athletes that you weren't competing with limited because of COVID? No, yeah, that actually wasn't limited at all. Um, I mean, I think their assumption was, well, everyone in here is either vaccinated or um, had a negative COVID test on site, which, as we know, isn't a perfect system by any means, but they um, didn't really have any um, uh, limitations as far as the athletes and coaches and people like that went. Uh, most of the judges and other um, me- uh, members of the of the Noble and CrossFit Games teams would be wearing masks and stuff like that. But um, as far as the athletes went, it was kind of just wide open. So, are you besties with Rich Froning now? <laughs> we we were set up to that or right next to them um, throughout the all the four days of competition, and we joked with them a little bit and talked with them some, and we gave them a hard time because. Uh, Reebok came out with like the um, athlete bonus program that was like, hey, if you wear our shoes, then we'll pay $10,000 to a first place finish and $2,000 for a second place finish. Um, and so we signed up on that, wore Reebok shoes for the weekend. And uh, on the second workout, it was like the bobsled push and the bar muscle up workout. They actually, we took second and they beat us by less than a second. Um, and so we were back in the athlete area, just like joking with them, like, I mean, you guys are going to make enough money. You, you couldn't just let us have this one <laughs> victory. Um, so no, they were, they were really nice and cool. And we uh, got to hang out with them for a bit. Did you have much interaction with Dave Castro? Um, uh, not too much. I mean, he's around and you see him and he's kind of fist bumping you as you um, go on and off the field during events. I did actually, it was really random. We were doing the, uh, uh, it was as a team run a mile and a half and then 120 foot handstand walk and then run another mile and a half and then another 120 foot handstand walk. And there were some concerns on like if it was going to be too hot on the field and if they needed to, you know, have gloves for people. So I had, I had finished my handstand walk and turned and was waiting for the rest of the team to uh, finish behind me. And someone grabbed my shoulder and I turned and looked over and it was Dave and he was like, Hey, how's the how's the field feel? And I was like, uh, it's hot. He's like, okay, good to know. Thanks. I know Matt Frazier was there. Did you ever see or get to talk with him much? Uh, yeah, not. He was definitely like behind the scenes. Um, because he, I did see him a couple of times from afar, but he didn't really come into the athlete areas too much. So, did you have any contact with Eric Rosa, the new CrossFit CEO? Yeah, actually, we um, 
we got to kind of hang out with him for a little bit. The uh, One of our girls, Alyssa, actually works for CrossFit now. So on our first day of it, actually the day before we competed, so on Wednesday, um, we were just kind of hanging out. And she obviously knows people who are pretty high up in CrossFit since she works with them now. So like, hey, come up to our like Skybox thing and hang out with us for a little bit. So we went up there and uh, a bunch of like the like legend CrossFit athletes and Eric Rose are all hanging out. So we got to just talk to them for a little bit and um, hang out. So that was cool. Wow. So fun. Yeah. Speaking of your teammates, do you guys all get along pretty well? Yeah, we do. We, we're all pretty good friends um, even before we were on on the team together. So we, we, we do really, I mean, there's always like some things that come up here and there and that just happens when you're, you know, working out together hard three or four hours a day. Um, but we're all, we're all good friends and we just had a really good time hanging out together. And I mean, we always were just laughing and, um, having a good time. So. That's good to hear. You guys have to spend a lot of time together. So it's a bonus if you get along. So what was the hardest workout for you at the games? Oh, probably that, that running, um, handstand walk workout. It was just, there's a lot of running and it's really hot. Um, and actually immediately following that first part of the workout was a three rep max back squat. And they wouldn't allow us to, you know, bring extra shoes out to change into for the squat. So they're like, whatever you are in a squat and you have to run in, um, so I was just wearing like some pretty stiff nanos um, to run three miles and that kind of hurt my legs and my back. But um, yeah, either that one or that first, all those events that were outside on the first day were just brutal because it was so hot and humid. Um, you just really felt like you were suffocating out there on the field. Uh, so that was kind of a big challenge. Yeah, that sounds pretty brutal. So what was your favorite workout? I think either the probably the pegboard workout with the with the warm burpees and warm squats. Um, we did pretty well in that workout. Even we got an we actually got a no rep on our pegboard and had to um, our athlete had to redo that whole entire rep, which put us behind by a little bit. I think we could have finished probably top three or four in that workout. Um, but it, that was just a fun workout, um, and it was the first time they had done pegboards for the team, so that was pretty cool, too. How many total teams competed? Uh, I think it was 38. And you guys ended up 16th? Yep, 16th. That's great. Like I said in the intro, to even get to the games is such an amazing accomplishment. But then to place in the top half amongst other teams that some of them have competed for many years, it's just really impressive. So now that it's all over and you've gone through the training to qualify and the training to prepare for the games and then the grueling workouts of the games themselves, are you one and done or are you hungry for more and ready to do it all again? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to train and go again. I think we all, I mean, even the day it was done, we were like, all right, we'll come back next year and we're going to, we're going to do a lot better. Um, we we're definitely happy to have even qualified and finish 16th, but um, we, we know that we can compete with those top, top teams. Um, you know, we had a, a handful of second, third place, fifth place finishes um, in workouts. So uh, 
if it wasn't for a couple, you know, mistakes here or there, or a, a workout too that just kind of didn't go our way, we could have been in that top heated team. So we're definitely, you know, ready to get back to it so we can go back next year. So is there anything that surprised you about the games or anything that we would never know unless we were actually there competing? Um, probably the tight timelines um, and just everything that happens behind the scenes. Um, you know, you you think about having, okay, we have an event at 10 o'clock and an event at 2 o'clock. And so you're like, oh, that's not too much. That's like, you know, it's a lot of time in between. It's a lot of time before. But if you have an event at 10 o'clock, then you have to arrive at 7, check in, and then you have a briefing at 7.30. So for all these these workouts, we didn't know what we were doing until we got there that morning. And then they would tell us the workout and brief us. We could ask questions, things like that. So you get briefed from like, you know, 7.30 to 8, 8.15. And then um, you have a little bit of time to warm up and then they're, you know, calling the first heat to come over and check in around, you know, nine o'clock, and then they check you in and get you all set up. Then they walk you to the vent to the site, so either the North Park or the Coliseum. Um, and then once you're there, then you can kind of they have another separate warm up space there, so you can warm up there again a little bit more. And then they end up corralling you, and so you're in the corrals for ten to fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, and then end up walking you out on the field at 10 o'clock. So it's like a three-hour process from start to finish just to do a singular event. Um, and then you kind of do that in reverse, coming back to the athlete area. And then you have to be ready to, you know, two hours before the next event, start warming up so that you can get checked in, corralled, moved, warmed up again, checked in, corralled again, and then onto the field. So it's there's a lot that goes behind the scenes that um, just kind of takes a long time and is draining. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, watching at home, I guess we assume you guys are getting massages and taking naps between events, but it sounds like they have you pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot that they have you doing, so. Well, it sounds like you're going to finally get some R&R time. You and your wife are headed to Hawaii tomorrow? Yeah, we're taking off. We actually planned, we were supposed to go last year and ended up having to move it to this year and had it planned um, before we even made it to the CrossFit Games, and we were kind of like, well, let's just plan it for after the CrossFit Games, just in case. <laughs> so it, the timing worked out really well, because I can just take a couple weeks off from having to work out at all and go and just relax. So how are you feeling? Do you have any major injuries from the Games? When do you think you'll start getting back into training? Yeah, thankfully, no major injuries. Um, you know, I'm banged up, beat up, my my wrist hurts here or there, you know, my, my elbows that I've injured in the past don't feel great. Um, but overall, I feel pretty good. So, I mean, we're three days out now and I'm not really sore anymore. I feel like I could probably, you know, physically I could start working out again, but just mentally and it's just, you know, it's a good idea to take that time off. So I'll probably, you know, not really work out for the next couple of days and then Maybe while we're in Hawaii, we'll, I mean, we're going to be hiking and stuff. We'll go for some runs, maybe do some lifting, just kind of easy stuff that's fun and um, more so just not mentally and emotionally draining. Um, like, like I said, my body feels fine. It's just like my, my mind needs a little bit of a break. So speaking of the mind, how important is mindset throughout all this? We've talked a lot about the physical training and preparation, but what about mindset? 
Yeah, definitely important. I mean, when you're in in the midst of, you know, months away from the games and you're kind of just in the another week of training, um, you have to just really rely on discipline instead of motivation because you're not really going to feel motivated on a random Wednesday afternoon to go hop on the rower and hit like sprint intervals for an hour. Um, so I think just maintaining that discipline, of this is what I'm going to do, even though I don't feel like it and I don't want to, um, but like having that greater goal in mind and then having the discipline to follow through on it um, kind of makes all the difference for me. Are you one that practices meditation or any breathing techniques? Not really. I, I probably should. I have a lot of friends and training partners who do do those things and it really works for them. Um, but sometimes I just feel like adding another thing to my plate is would be even more exhausting and less beneficial than it would be helpful. So. So what advice would you give somebody who's aspiring to get to the next level or to make it all the way to the games? What if that's their dream or their goal? For one, don't be like ashamed to say that's what you want to do. Um, even if it's like, you know, three, four years down the road. I mean, I remember when I started CrossFit in 2014, I was like, I want to go to the CrossFit games one day. But obviously it took me seven years to get there. Um, so it's, it's a long road. Um, and then I would also say, just start with small goals and, um, you know, attainable things like saying, I want to compete at this local competition next summer, or I want to do you know this thing by this date and setting those small goals um, and just achieving each one of those goals one at a time. And that helps build momentum and just keeps you moving in the right direction. Because if you have a giant goal of making to the CrossFit Games, well, it's like, what does that even look like? And how do you even get there? That that seems pretty unattainable. But when you have small goals that you kind of are accomplishing every couple of months, every six months, every year, um, that kind of gets you going until, you know, you've accomplished these certain amount of goals for three years in a row. And now, well, now look, the next goal is here to make a semifinal. The next step is to make the CrossFit Games. So you can get there. It just takes a lot of work and a lot of, uh, you know, accomplishing small things one at a time. That's great advice. And I'm sure if anyone wants to ask you more specific questions, they can contact you. What's the best way to follow you or ask you questions? Maybe through Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Yeah, it is just my name, Cooper Wise 3. So before we wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to share with the CrossFit 7220 crew? I'm just thankful for, for you guys for being my first CrossFit gym I ever went to and you and Mike and Evan being my first CrossFit coaches ever and kind of getting me going in the sport. It's crazy to think how long ago that was, but it was, I don't know, the perfect, perfect place to start. So, Well, we are so glad and honored that CrossFit 7220 was where it all started for you. And we hope we can be a starting place for many other journeys whether it's on the road to the games or just to a life of better health and fitness. Cooper, stay in touch. We will continue keeping tabs on you, and we hope you'll stop by and say hello if you're in Laramie soon. Well, I think we're going to probably come up there for some football games and stuff, so I'd love to come drop in and work out. Of course, we'd love to have you come anytime. Congrats again to you and your team for making it to the games and for a great performance at the games. 
We hope you have a wonderful time in Hawaii and get a lot of well-deserved rest and relaxation. Thanks so much again for taking time out of your day to share a lot of fun stuff with us. We appreciate it. Definitely. Definitely. It's fun to talk about it and process it as well. So yeah, thanks for having me and it was good to talk to you. You too, Cooper. Say hi to your wife. Definitely. Sounds good. Thanks, Nicole.